For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we discuss the SF Shock Shuffle the new Ash Challenge, and other gaming news from around the internet. Hello, hello, everybody. I hope you're having a great week. Welcome to this week in the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. This is just a news week for us because the league is off to come back from Hawaii and just get back into, just get ready for the, the next tournament, the Summer Showdown. So, yeah, how have you been in the uh, the interim week, Kevin? Uh, a, a lot of things have happened on my end. Um, first, my PC completely wiped itself. Uh, not of its memory, which is lucky for me. So I have all my personal files, but all of my applications uh, had to be wiped because there was apparently one application that prevented my PC from starting up. So I just reinstalled Windows recently. So uh, it's been a pain to go back in and figure out, oh, okay, well, I need Discord. I need, uh, I need to re-download, you know, Battle.net, like all of this stuff. So that happened, I think, a couple of days ago, and I was just really, I, I was sad because I was like starting to get on a roll, like production-wise, and then it's just, uh, just a big setback. But Oof. it's fine. We're we're all up and running now. It's all good. Um, in the meantime, because that took so long, um, I decided to watch a lot of Disney Plus this weekend. Ooh. Okay. Um so I watched Luca. How um, was that? It, it's really interesting. I, I like the colors of it. I like the way how they presented the story. Um I don't think it's gonna be one of those Pixar films that like resonates with people forever though. I feel like it's like one of those it's like a uh how how could I describe it's a cars? it? It's like a cars two three. <laughs> Two or three. It's not as bad as Cars 2, but it's like, it's one of those ones where it's like, you have Luca, but like Soul just came out and Soul was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that. I watched the entirety of WandaVision. Um, that was it was a really Agatha interesting all along. Yeah, it 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 was it was Agatha. Um, I watched it alone, and my mom like tuned in for the first couple episodes, and she's like, "Why are you watching a fifty show?" <laughs> and I'm like, it, it. There's probably other things that are going on there, and she doesn't know anything about the the Marvel uh-huh. Cinematic Universe at all. Um, so like, she came in to, she came in during that one time where it's like Malcolm in the Middle, 
And she's like, what, what, what show is this? I'm like, mom, it's the same show. <laughs> and she's like, what, what do you mean it's the same show? You were watching like the 50s and 60s just a, a couple hours ago. And I'm like, yeah, it, it's now the 90s. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting to watch that medium like change, um, especially coming from a film major background. Like, I really mm-hmm. appreciate everything that they put in there. And like, especially the details of like, not only the setting, but also like the props. I'm like, how do you, how do you, how do you find old things like that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's been my week. Just trying to reinstall things, taking, taking my time and, uh, trying to get everything ready. Um, and I've been streaming a little bit more. Um, a lot of my friends are telling me that I should get back into it. So, um, I've, I've been trying to get back in the swing of that as well uh how about you matt how's everything going on your end it has been an an equally busy week for me so um first sadly secret sauce was canceled by wonder we didn't have enough um viewership i guess so they they pulled the plug on that um but i'm being pulled into another show called um hope i'm allowed to talk about this i'm not sure they would even know if i did um but i'm being pulled into another show called true love um, or I'll just I'll just not even say the name. I'm I'm being pulled into. Uh, luckily, I'm being pulled into another show to edit for them as well. So I'm also doing that later today. Um, and it, it's a fictional show, so I don't know how how Wondery does those. But I'm like, hey, um, if you need people to do acting, I'm an actor. If you would like to audition me, and um, one of the editors is like, hey, send me your reel so I can send it to the producers. So I had to learn how to make a reel and make a, a voice acting reel over the week. So. I did that over the weekend, so that was um, that was an interesting process. Thank God I know how to edit audio. Um, so there was that. Uh, and I also had an interview yesterday for the third time in three years with the people who do um, social media for DC Comics. So hopefully this time I get it because it's been three times I've audi- I inter- not auditioned, but I've interviewed with them. Um, it's been th- this is the third time so if i don't get it i'm just gonna I'm just gonna cry but then again I, I interviewed a guy for the paper a while back he was an imagineer for disney and it took him 12 years to land his job as an imagineer like he tried for 12 years straight and eventually he got it so um i guess there's there's hope at the end of the tunnel uh aside from that i don't even really i don't even really remember it's been such a blur just a lot of trying to scramble to get things done. Oh, yeah, so the <laughs> part of the process to apply for the the DC job is I have to like, they give us a writing test, right? Um, to show that we we know how to write and can craft social media copy. Um, the way that they de- kind of describe the job is like, think of Mad Men and that's what we do. So just a bunch of writers in a room thinking of copy. Um, so they gave us a, gave me a, a writing exam. So what I've been doing since yesterday and I'm it's due Friday for me. So I'm going to have the next two days to um, polish it up and, and keep working on it is like, I I've been making fake tweets. So what I've been doing is I've been tweeting from my account, screenshotting it, then deleting the tweets before anyone can see all the weird stuff that I'm doing with like comic book stuff. And like looking at my page, like, why are you promoing these comics? Like, what's up with you? Like, what are you doing? So that's been, that's pretty much all I did yesterday. Um, it's weird fake tweeting. And then, and then like I'll catch I'll catch an error sometimes like I'll put I'll write A and D instead of using an ampersand for one of the titles and it's like gosh dang it now I have to redo the entire tweet 
So yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> so let's get into the business of the week. Kevin, lay it down on us with all this, this new Pokemon goodness that's coming. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Pokemon. I, I've mentioned it a couple times already. Um, I didn't know that. Not, not only is it, if, if you guys want to check out the Pokemon Center store, um, they're doing a summer line of beach balls and, and shirts and stuff. I literally just bought the beach ball set before we recorded because Kevin told me about it. Yeah, it, it's really fun. It's it's a really cool uh, thing. But that's not that's not the point that we're we're here for. Um, we're here to talk about Pokemon Unite, and this announcement came out with the E3 like a trailer. I think it was almost at it was like in the middle of quarantine. It was like February of last year, I think. Um, but it was one of those games that a lot of people were like, "Okay, this is weird," but Pokemon Unite is the Pokemon MOBA game. So it's like League of Legends um, where you go you go and you beat up Pokemon, uh, you capture them, and then you score them uh, in a ring on your opponent's side of the field. So it's it's you get to donk Pokemon. That's pretty cool. Um, but the most important part of this is right now they finally announced a... Uh, a date, a kind of like a window. Um, so the roster has been revealed. It's on their website. Um, a lot of really cool returning like Pokemon that you would expect to see. Um, Pikachu for sure. You have all of the Cantonian starters. Um, then you have some extra things like Alola Ninetales. You have Crustle. Uh, it's just a bunch of like really interesting Pokemon. Um, but the roster, for the most part, is revealed. The only thing that they won't tell us is the abilities. So um, you have to go on, uh, you have to go on YouTube and watch people play the Pokemon that you might want to play, um, and just kind of get a feel of that. But the announcement window is going to be July for the Switch and September for the mobile. So if you have a Switch, lucky for you, you're going to be able to get earlier access into this game before the people on mobile can um and yeah um i know that a bunch of my friends are going to be playing i'm going to be playing a lot too so um i i was debating whether to do a 24 uh a 24 hour stream when this first comes out and see how many like how far i can push it so um yeah that's one of the bigger announcements from the pokemon world um it's not really a talked about game just because it's not it a lot of people would rather focus on League or Dota, but um, I, I think a Pokemon MOBA has a lot of potential. I mean, you have over 800 Pokemon to select from, so you just have to make a really cool line and ability, and I'm pretty sure people will go ahead and pick that up. Would a MOBA even be good on phone? Because I know, like, didn't League of Legends release one on the phone as well? Yeah, they have Wild Rift on the phone, and that that's doing pretty okay. Okay. Um, there was another one. I, I forgot what it was called, but there was another one, um, that that did relatively well on mobile. Um, I played Vainglory. Yeah, Vainglory. That was it. Um, it, it was okay. It wasn't the best, but like, it was okay. Yeah, it it's better than just trying to like throw your stuff out there. So um, 
I, I've been watching some gameplay. I know that it, it looks kind of crowded. The one thing that I'm I'm really like I'm gonna be really confused about is how are you gonna be able to control everything from the switch? Um, because there are a lot of abilities and stuff that people could be looking out for. So um yeah, that's something that I'm definitely looking at and seeing if I can you know get in either on the casting side or on the player side. So uh we'll see how our team goes. I'm definitely curious. I'm not sure if I'll play it, but I mean, depending on how much it costs, I'm definitely interested. I think okay, so I feel like the way how they're setting up the the game itself, I think that it's going to be a League of Legends format style where it's it's free to play um so like downloading it and playing like a rotation of heroes is going to be free. Um, but the harder part is going to be, um, they'll, they'll probably do like microtransactions to get or like keep certain characters. Uh, um, I know that there are skins already in the game, which is really funny to look at because they have, um, they have like pirate Cinderace. <laughs> they have, uh, they have snorkel Venusaur and, uh, also snorkel Garchomp. And like a Hawaiian lay uh Machamp. So they're definitely skins available. Uh so that I know that's gonna definitely be like microtransaction style stuff, but um you, you never know uh how they're gonna lay it out for us. But I do feel like there's gonna be it's gonna be probably like uh microtransactions and, and not pay to win, but more like uh more like just play like pay to have an upper hand um but yeah it, it just to keep some things to yourself yeah. but we'll, we'll see how it goes i know that a lot of my friends are excited to see what happens and even if it doesn't blow up into like a huge game i do feel like i can uh i i can i can find a niche in there it's something to do yeah during each battle Pokemon will te- experience tremendous growth and even temporarily evolve. Is this like the first time we've seen Pokemon like potentially de-evolve in a game or anything in Pokemon? Like, is that even possible to de-evolve? Uh, they have it in the trailer where everyone who enters in are in their like maximum form. Yeah, um, and then they go. Back and then when you their... start the fight, you you go back to your baby, not your baby form. There's no baby evolution forms in this game. So Snorlax does not go back to Munchlax and Lucario does not go back to Riolu and Pikachu does not go into Pichu or anything, um, which I don't understand. They easily could have done that. But um, yeah, they they don't exist. Uh, but we do see baby evolution of Pokemon and then they evolve over the course of the game. So um Another thing to mention is like it's not tower defense like how um, League of Legends and Dota is where it's objective gaming. You you try and you get you like break down towers and then try to break down either the Nexus or you know the the throne. Um, and when you do that, that's when the game ends. Uh, Pokemon Unite is actually on a timer, so it's a ten minute game, and then you you just try to score as many points as possible. So, and that's that's a nice way of not having people locked into 
40 or 50 minute games, you know? Is that really how long those matches go? Uh, sometimes longer. Uh, God, longer? Okay, so the, <laughs> uh, I remember watching one of the longest Dota 2 matches in in history. I think it was like somewhere around three hours. For one uh, match? For one match, yeah. It, it was so funny, though. Like, um, I was watching the English broadcast, and then somebody put out the Korean broadcast. And the Korean broadcast was so funny. It was, They were like, guys, like, we're going to spend another like 10 minutes just waiting here for for them to grind up and get ready for the next fight. So what do you guys want to talk about? And they're like, well, yo, there's a boss in Dota called Roshan. And after the third time you kill him, he starts dropping cheese. And the cheese is like, uh, it regains your health and mana completely. But they were saying like, what kind of cheese does Roshan make? And they're like, you think it's mozzarella? And you really think, like, or does he make, does he make the milk himself? Is that, that's kind of weird though. Like, making cheese from your own milk and he's like we don't want to think about that like he probably goes out and like finds cows to to make like they spent 10 minutes talking about like how roshan makes cheese instead of like actually casting the game since there was nothing going on and i thought it was absolutely hilarious and i'm like i want to i want to i want to do that one day just if a game gets too long just start talking about cheese (laughs) i mean just cheese is a good topic to talk about anyway just you could do an episode about cheese i mean it but yeah it, it's good i i thought that it was just a great way to commentate and fill up the space but i'm also glad that pokemon unite just said no we are not going to do a straight up you know uh we're, we're not gonna let them have this super long game mode they're like we're gonna make it a timer and it's going to be score based okay um that way it's it's not eating up a bunch of space and stuff like that yeah. so and it's um, more accessible to um to a lot of like newer fans and, and like people who haven't played this kind of game mode before it's not like having 2cp for us so i know yeah. my god yeah it's it's way more digestible in this fact and i'm i'm excited because i have a lot of friends who do come from the moba space and they're like we're we're going to we're going to treat this like you know our our competitive games we're gonna start actually like making comms and stuff like that and i'm like that is fine uh we we're ready we've been in a team atmosphere before um the only thing that i feel like is it's good and bad um for for players i think um the switch currently has no way of doing voice comms so if you're out there playing with some random people there's no way to like communicate what you guys want to do in game um, between each other. So uh, that's why I, I have my small knit group of friends and we're saying like, okay, we'll, we'll be on discord. We'll tell each other like, Hey, I want to initiate here. I want to do this. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're going to try hard. It, this is going to be our adventure time battle party all over again. Okay. So here's, here's another non overwatch news story. Um, so re- remember the uh, the the hot tub meta, Kevin? Yeah, where people would just be in their hot tubs and, and stuff. Um, we've got a new meta, and it's it's called. Are you ready for this? It's called the earlick meta on uh, Twitch. I, 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 those are two words that shouldn't be close together. Don't 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 come close to my ear <laughs> like that. 
Yeah, but apparently, apparently Amaranth, who's who's always in the news for for this kind of thing, um, she's already been banned for it apparently, or or suspended or, or whatever. Um, but apparently, what she did was she put on a horse mask and like would stick. She stuck the entire microphone in her mouth and like just made sucking noises and very wet noises. And then some other uh, of some other streamers have been like putting the mic close to their mouth and like making licking noises and um twitch has started banning people because it's uh, according to twitch it's it's sexually suggestive material so there there's the whole beef about the the hot tub meta being rehashed again because of of this meta so and the, and the thing is is like as soon as this one's over there's gonna be another one there's gonna be another weird meta that Twitch is going to be like, oh, nope, this is too sexual. And then they're going to have to legislate their bylaws around it. And then there's going to be another. It's not going to stop. <laughs> what do you think the next one's going to be? Uh, do we have to put money on it? <laughs> like, uh, no. I feel like it's going to be something weird. I mean, we can't rehash the hot tub meta because they, they actually made that a different category. Um, I I have no idea what what other things they could possibly do it has to be really relatively gray area you know tos though like that's the only way how they get this kind of stuff i don't want to say this just because i don't want it to be true but i feel like maybe the next meta might be something with feet <laughs> uh because well, like, we've got them we, we've got like bikini stuff down we've got mouth stuff down sound stuff now it's like it'll be like uh, it'll be like wine making, right? But they'll oh, do like the feet, like grape stomp thing. Yep. The, oh, the, the, the ASMR, yeah. I, I feel like that grape stomp <laughs> meta, or maybe even just like playing video games with their feet meta. Yeah, I mean, we have a couple Overwatch players who are already ahead of that curve, so. Yep. I'm ready. Although I think grape stomping would actually be interesting to watch. Like, I Just think, like, if it was true winemaking, yeah, people would stop by and actually watch that. But, like, if it's just for the feet thing, then Twitch is going to be like, nope, 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 we can't have this. And people, people are just trying to make it weird just to be weird. <laughs> All right, so let's actually get into Overwatchy things. So, obviously, the biggest news of the week is that the crossplay beta is now live. So, starting now, people are, are now cross-playing and pc players are mixing with the switch players who are missing mixing with the the xbox and the the playstation players and and everyone's all together now um so there is an option to opt out of it although according to the um the, the announcement where aaron keller was talking about it like this is very likely going to increase your queue time when you're loading up especially for like the high demand role of dps so if you would like to stick with your own um console type then it's gonna it's gonna cost you um but at least you're not having to deal with people on mouse and keyboard um but yeah but um there so if you wanted to opt out of it i believe it is accessed through your um your battle.net account so go look on there um I think, yeah, so as long as you, you log into the game, you're supposed to get a golden loot box from this. So hooray for, 
for bribing us with digital goodies. Um, one thing that they have done that's especially impactful for this is that there's been some balance changes that came through the game to um, to balance that all the systems are now together. On, on the website, the hero updates area for the patch note says, with the introduction of crossplay, we are bringing balance between platforms to be in parity with one another. These changes are labeled as parity adjustments and apply to all matches. Um, parity adjustment enemy and AI enemy AI and archives no longer do less damage on console platforms for Ana for her biotic rifle normal shot. Darts no longer have increased projectile size on console platforms. For Ash, Bob no longer does less damage on console platforms. For Symmetra, her sentry turrets no longer deal less damage on console platforms. And Torbjorn, his turret no longer does less damage on console platforms. So pretty much they've upped the damage from a lot for a lot of these um, AI turret or computer controlled aspects of the game. They've made it harder to hit your shots with Ana, and they've made the archives events more damage heavy. So um, it's I feel like it's going to take console players a bit of time to address this increase in damage. Like I'm used to being melted down fairly quickly by a Symmetra. Um, I'm just going to have to get accept that I'm going to be melted down extra fast now. I feel like it's going to be a bigger adjustment for um for console players than you know us on on the pc uh just because like we're kind of used to it um we're used to kind of getting erased really quickly uh but yeah i feel like if you guys are ready to play this like just get ready for just get ready for harder games it's going both both ways here like the games are going to be harder um going both ways you know what are your thoughts on on crossplay? Because a lot of people, I like I, my thoughts on crossplay were I would like console crossplay between like, the the Switch, the Xbox, and the PlayStation. I think that PC should have stayed separately because of the mouse and keyboard difference. Um, obviously, that's not what happened, and I feel like that's what a lot of the people I've talked to have also said that they like they can understand consoles playing together because we all have that same curve of like and the same adjustments that have to be made because we're not as precise but like going up against the precision of mouse and keyboard is going to be difficult for us yeah I'd, i'm totally okay with that like if they wanted to just make all the pcs like connect together um that sounds totally fine for me um the only thing that i don't want to happen is for console players or pc players to just like leave because they're like oh well uh this game is now too hard for us we can't we can't do it or the other way around it's like well these guys don't know how to play and it's just making the game harder and i'm like it, we're, we're playing the same game now um i like the fact that they allowed pc and console players to play together um but i feel like the only I, it, it's kind of a weird like mental thing for me because like i want PC players and console players to be able to play together. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to take away the experience that was on the console to make them all adjust and, you know, insta lock to, uh, to the PC meta. You know. Mm -hmm. Um. So the best way how it could have been is like you let the console players play the way that they've played, 
forever. You you just let them continue that. But if they do queue up with a PC player, then you're playing under, you know, PC rules. Right. right. Um, that way it makes it, you know, still relatively the same uh, moving forward. Another change that came through is that um, region selection was no longer is no longer available. Um, Crossplay is now made it so that regions are locked. Like you're not allowed to switch between uh, Korean servers and North American servers or European servers. Um, what's happening is, uh, in order, according to Blizzard, in order to balance things like skill level and and ping, and especially. Um, wherever you are, you're going to be matched up with the closest available server to you. So uh, whereas people could like just switch before, now that's not even an option. There is an option to play on a different server if you are paired with um, people in a group that are on a different server. So if you're like, if you're making a, a, what am I saying? Um, If you're paired up with people from around the world, that is still possible. It's just like, if you're solo queuing, you can't just decide, hey, I want to play against Europeans right now. It's it's wherever you are is where you're going to play. Yeah, it's you're locked into wherever you decided to like start, which is fine. Like, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I remember watching like players go to Korean servers just to like train, even if it's like harder ping mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but at the same time, I mean, if you really want to do that, just get a VPN and try it again, you know? Yeah. It's totally doable. So, I mean, in the end, I, I feel like this is the cross play stuff is really going to need a lot of, a lot of, I mean, it's in beta now, but it's, it's going to need a lot of adjustment before it's where it should be. I feel like this is going to be a big growing pains portion of, of being an overwatch player, you know, like I feel like there's going to be a lot of things that we don't like. And it's going to take them a while to eventually get it right. But I mean, if they, if eventually they get it right, it's going to, it's going to be a lot harder for console players, but I feel like it might make the game more unified. It might actually turn out to be a good thing. Um, we, we shall see. Yeah. If anything, I feel like bringing the two together is probably a better thing than than worse because if if anything it might even bridge the gap between having you know console players in the league as well um it will it will give them a chance or not i don't want to say give them a chance but like it will allow them to prove how good they are against pc players um which is good for everyone right like let's say if you have somebody who can play at an Overwatch League level, but we just never knew because they would they were never, you know, allowed on the server, or we've never actually seen them in game, mm-hmm. um, playing against you know PC players. So we have the option to do that now. So, um, yeah, it, we we might have some interesting contracts in the near future. Do you think that P- uh, console players stand a chance against the PC players, especially like right now with the, the new damage changes? I do feel like they do have a chance. I feel like it depends on where you really come from and like what what role you're playing, right? Um, like, I do feel like a lot of the DPS players are probably going to stick to keyboard and mouse, but I can see maybe a tank or a support player um, being on a controller 
mm. and just really pushing pushing the boundaries of that because if they're more comfortable and they don't need to like 100% rely on the aim um in order to be effective i can see that um working out in their favor okay well pray for me kevin because crossplay is going to be difficult for me to adjust to um so the next story that we have is the ash challenge came out so um this is going to run from yesterday july 22nd all the way to july 5th um what this is is it's a promotion for the um deadlock rebels book that just came out if you play nine games you get an icon if you play 18 18 games you get a spray that looks like the cover of the book and if you play 27 games you get the ash lock the ash if you play 27 games you get the ash deadlock skin which is like her skin on the cover so just like the archives event it is the 9 18 27 breakdown and you get two game points for every single game you win so you can win in as few as 14 games and it can just as long as you play the 27 games you'll you'll get the skin um i think the skin's cool i like it i'm just gonna play just to play and i'll get it anyway um but speaking of the deadlock challenge i reached out to the the author of the book Lindsay ellie um and she said she's like she's interested in doing an interview i have to go through scholastic to try to coordinate it because pr things and whatnot so i've been trying to reach out to whoever's there at scholastic they're not messaging me back i might just try to use my journalism email to make it look a little bit more official um but hopefully that's something we can coordinate within the coming weeks because i think it'd be cool to figure out how she decided what was going to be in this book and like how she crafted the story once again like i haven't read it yet but i do feel like you know being able to tell a story with characters that are from a game but not 100 percent tie it to the game is really important um another aspect of this challenge that i wanted to mention there are twitch sprays um if you want in, in other words if you watch other uh streamers who happen to play overwatch um you can get these adorable sprays that they are really they, they they are very cute like you only have to watch two hours to get ash eating a eating a waffle okay like that's it, it is adorable so honestly look at the spotlighted streams that they have there um i do believe um that it's not only the highlighted streams that you can watch um i think you could watch any overwatch streamer and it will start counting towards those hours so you could either you know find somebody who is streaming right now and then just watch them play for as long as possible or uh you know find your friends queue with your friends watch your own gameplay back um we do that a lot when we when we play overwatch together and when we try to do these challenges um so yeah i, I think it's going to be really cool to watch so um yeah find some twitch streamers find find me maybe i don't i don't know while you're up there listening to people lick their microphones you might as well earn a spray or two or three i could put the microphone in my mouth and do comms from there if that's what you want i can that's very doable <laughs> the what was it the slobber cast what would we call it the slobber cast meta yeah it'll, it'll be so bad you can't you can't understand anything it's just you know the just slobber you'd ruin your microphone oh yeah for sure 
All right. So now moving into the realm of, of the league, Kevin, you've got some, some pretty big news for us. Yeah. Um, we, we know that from the past couple tournaments that it's been very difficult for the former champion, San Francisco shock to, uh, to do anything really like they were able to get into, you know, the qualifying rounds and then they just get knocked out. Right. Multiple times. And they they've hit a wall and there have been a couple of changes. So I'll, I'll mention the bad news first. The, the bad news is striker is going to be retiring from the overwatch league. Um, and for for me as a you know shock fan i i was like this is this is really sad like we really need you know a dps player to come in um this was announced today at nine in the morning and so they said you know striker has been with us since 2018 uh striker has been absolutely indispensable to the team and our back-to-back championships would not have been possible without his hard work and like i remember he got in a bike accident and his arm was completely scraped up and he still won the championship with like a really destroyed arm. Um, and then he, he just, he's calling it quits after, after this run. Like he honestly, I, I don't blame him. There's a lot of like really tough things to go through on this team. And uh, you know, maybe without his initial support group, he just doesn't know what to do here. So um, so striker is going to officially be being retired from, uh, the SF shock and from the league. So they left us with three hours of contemplating what is going to happen. We just lost striker. And then three hours later, they say return, uh, like one of, one of the, the return of the King ROTK. Um, welcome back on Sniper. And they're like, oh, okay. He's We're back. bringing back Ons. Um, they they put out a, a video that was really funny um, of, I think it was the shock messaging Ons. And they're like, uh, could you come back, please? Uh, like, um, we, we missed you. Krusty, Krusty would say yes if you came back. And then uh, he's like, fine, on my way. And um, yeah, we we lost striker, um, but now we have Ons back. So my main question that I that I put here is, what does this mean for the roles on the roster on the San Francisco Shock? Mm-hmm. Um, striker plays mainly, you know, the tracer or you know the the quick get in get out heroes, um, and Ons is more of you know, a hit scan specialist, um, something that they're trying to make Glister uh, play in in a way um, alongside Nero. So now, seeing this, seeing On's return now, do, what does that mean for Glister in particular? I feel like that's the biggest question um, because the first part is, um, like, Glister hasn't been performing as well as he could. He does get a lot of really good shots and for some of the wins, like he's essentially pivotal. Um, but Ons has that level of reputation of being consistent with his shots. Uh-huh. And Glister, I feel like, is good like 
maybe like 70% of the time. Um, it's that 30% of the time where he's off or he's just not landing anything that is the difference between winning the map and, and losing it. So um, I feel like with this change, maybe we start seeing Glister on, you know, what Striker used to run um, and then allow Odds to come back and try to find picks um, in the back line again. So I do like the fact that they're not just leaving us with like, oh, we have a big hole in our roster now with Striker gone. Um, they brought back Ons. Um, I remember mentioning a while ago that he was on a Valorant team uh, as like a sixth man to help with training, um, but he never got that main role position that he wanted. So I, I could definitely see him coming back here and being like, okay, maybe I have to make my name again in Overwatch to to make them respect me again. Uh, and they they knew that he wasn't playing as much. Um, because he was trying to take this, he was trying to take on this other thing, but maybe he's just found his role back at the shock. So, um, yeah, I feel like the biggest question is going to be where do people play now? Um, what, what is the coaching call from Krusty? And is it going to be, you know, Glister, you're now taking up whatever striker had left, or is it going to be, okay, Anza and Nero both have to switch out and figure out what roles are going to be flipping around and so on and so forth. So, um, and then also the, the other question is where's Tayo? Uh, where, where's Tayo? Um, you, you can maybe throw him in there as well. And there, there's a lot of options that teams will have, um, especially going into the summer showdown. Speaking of that, how do you, how do you think this change right before the summer showdown, how is that going to affect their chances of making it into this tournament? Um, I, I don't want to say that it's going to be um, another sh- like hard shakeup thing. Um, I do feel like once again with losing striker, you you have to learn how to play with this guy again. You have to learn how to play with uh, with Ons again, and it's gonna take a bit of time to readjust to that. Um, it's not gonna be easy. That is that is something that I'm gonna say. Um, one thing that I'm looking at specifically is um, how does the rest of the team not only adjust to odds coming back, but now, you know, the, the pressure of past shock players, um, are they going to start heading out so that the shock can either rebuild or is it going to be, um, you know, stick around for the legacy until you finally like retire. Um, it, it's interesting to see where the players will end up. And, and to go off that, like if if what the the shock does is they they release a lot of those legacy players to make room for newer um, newer talent and younger talent and fresher talent how is that going to be perceived by the community? Like, are, are people going to see all these legacy players who they've seen do well leaving? Are they going to say, are they, do you think they're going to think, Oh, they're making room or, or do you think that it's going to be like, Oh my God, all these people are leaving. What's going to happen to the shock and people are going to panic. Um, as a, as a shock fan, I always tend to trust the, trust the process that they have. Um, they have a really interesting way of like finding talent. 
that works for them. Like, yeah, season one was like really scuffed, but we were we were honestly just waiting on trying to get the talent that we could at that time. Um, but by the time that we we're now essentially at a point where you know we we found a winning formula for a while, um, but we can't we can't like a hundred percent collapse on it. Um, I feel like that's going to be uh, interesting to see what, what do they decide to do as a team? And honestly, I do feel like it depends on, you know, the status of overwatch too. Uh, it's like, if we, if we do get another, let's say if we do get overwatch too, relatively soon, um, I feel like you're going to get more talent coming into the game. Um, once again, and there's going to be a lot more involvement. Um, but at the same time, losing, um, like losing all of your legacy players, kind of makes it difficult for, you know, the fan base to really latch on and stay loyal to that. Because um, now right. we don't know if they have that level of success anymore. Right. Um, it's like with the Paris Eternal, they're a brand new team, and it's like I, I'm not as much a fan of this team as I was the old Paris Eternal. Yeah, like you you find a winning formula and if they give it up it it feels it feels weird. It doesn't feel like the team that you grew up like rooting and cheering for. Um and yeah, we we've seen that, you know, in every major sport too. It's like um it, the, I mean the best example is when you start like liking the players more than the than the team that they're on, you know. Um, like that, like LeBron James, right? Like whatever team he's on, there's going to be LeBron bandwagoners, right? Who are going to be in that, in that phase where they just like whatever team LeBron is on. Um, we have that a lot in Dota where there's players who we like, we don't care what team they're on. They're going to perform well. Um, but yeah, like for me still, I'm a big fan of Rascal, even though he's not on the He's not on the shock. He's still a great player, and I love watching what he does because he's he's just like all over the place with that. So um, that that is something that I know that teams are are thinking about too. It's just um, what what's more profitable, essentially, the player themselves or the team that they're on. Oh, that's like highly dependent on the player. Because if you if you think about like star like just to put it in another context like stars like Kobe and LeBron are like huge and and I feel like wherever they would have gone like there's money there um, yeah and from from based on to bring up secret sauce again rest in peace um, like the NBA bubble was highly contingent upon like whether or not LeBron James himself wanted to do it and would cooperate like if if they didn't have LeBron no matter how many other players were were on board for it no matter how many no matter how much they they planned for it like it would it wouldn't have worked because he had that much star power um i don't know if we have that in the league yet but yeah i don't think we have a a star who's big enough to be like quote unquote the face of the league right um that their decision to play or not determines whether or not that season is successful or not. Um, yeah, we, we don't have a player like that. Um, it's mainly, 
we we have players who have star power, but they don't necessarily back it up with, you know, results. And I, I, I hate to say it, but like one of the best examples is like Defran, right? Like Farmer Defran. Yeah, if he if he signed to any other team, like he signed to the Atlanta Reign, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Atlanta Reign love that. But like, let's say if he signed to like some other team, like if he was on the London Spitfire, right? Everybody would flock to the London Spitfire because of Defran. Um, we we don't have a player that has that level of, you know, pull in the community. Um, I mean, I feel like we might have had something similar with Gregory because, mm-hmm. like, she. I think her at one point her jersey was the most profitable in the entire Overwatch League, and like she didn't play, but the just the fact that the Shanghai Dragons had the only woman player in the sport made her very valuable to them. So yeah, that, that becomes a big question. It's like did, uh, back, back to WandaVision here, it's like the ship of Theseus again. <laughs> uh, if you really want to bring that up, it's like if you, re- if you replace every board of the ship of Theseus, is it still the ship of Theseus? If you replace the entire roster of the San Francisco Shock, is it still the San Francisco Shock? Right? Is this still the championship, two-time championship winning SF Shock? Or is this some other just group of, of players, you know? Um, it, it's a big question that a lot of us have to think about. So the, the Summer Showdown tournament does begin this weekend, um, starting on Friday. So we have the London Spitfire, speaking of them, facing the Paris Eternal. Um, and also the LA Gladiators are facing the San Francisco Shock. So day one, we get to see what's going to happen with this new roster, as well as with our newly faced uh, Kevster. They they did a face reveal video for him, which is kind of funny. So we get to see him live on the face cams, finally. Um, so on Saturday, the Hangzhou Spark are going to be facing the Valiant. The Dynasty are going to be facing the Hunters. The Charge are going to be facing the NYXL with an encore right after that. And the London Spitfire are going to face the Shock. Florida Mayhem are going to face the Defiant. The Titans are going to face the Uprising. So on Sunday, we have the Spark facing the Dynasty, the Hunters facing the Spark, the NYXL facing the Valiant with uh, an encore after that, Um, the Los Angeles Gladiators facing the Paris Eternal, the Boston Uprising versus the Florida Mayhem, and the Defiant versus the Titans. Now, something also interesting to note is that even though we've had um, a hero ban in the last tournament, the June Joust, there will not be one for the Summer Showdown. So every single hero is available. Um, I am, I'm interested as to why that was the decision that was made because it, I don't know. It feels weird because they, they, were, they put in the hero ban, of course, to help control and make sure that um, the gameplay doesn't remain stagnant as in regards to meta so i mean i felt like in at least in the main melee the the meta was fairly strong and fairly stable there was a lot of variety so maybe this is an experiment to see whether that will hold true yeah this is a this is a very interesting like pick you know um we i kind of expected you know hero bands to just stick around because yeah they were like, oh, well, we, we just saw Echo for two weeks straight, like for an entire month. Like, why don't 
why don't we switch things up no more no more echo you know no more uh no more of the same stuff every time right um and you know they essentially just like we, we don't have to see rush comp all the time um but i do feel like once again it with the restrictions even though you're restricting like the characters played you're also restricting players who can play because there are specialists in the game um people who you know just one trick for lack of a better word um and yeah it's it's important in that fact that you can you know make make it work for you um and yeah some people do want to see their star players or see new roster picks come in but i do feel like we're we're good as is like even if you had the hero bands we would see a rotation of players come through um but yeah if you want to do no hero bands again uh i don't know what this means for for the for the team or or anything if there's going to be something weird happening my hope is that we'll we'll see a repetition of june of of the may melee stability and and players and teams trying out different things since everybody is available hopefully it's not gonna be like a oh we have every we have all these heroes but these six work the best so we're gonna stick with these six um well we'll see we'll we'll have to see and hope hopefully we'll see an evolving meta and things change over the four weeks that this tournament takes place any matches in particular that you're interested in kevin uh, I'm definitely interested in the in the gladiator shock match. Yep. Um, those two, you know, went head to head uh as one of the as literally the top two that came out of the um the June joust, right? They like they had one and two, slot one and two. So um I wanna see them go head to head, especially with the new roster shuffle to the shock. I want I'm really interested in their DPS line and what they're gonna decide to run. Um and if that doesn't work out, you know, also watch them versus the Spitfire and see if, you know, they can find a, or fine tune something um, and keep the momentum going in their favor. Yeah. I think Mayhem versus the Defiant catches my interest mainly this week. I want to see how they play um, as well as the Dynasty and the Hunters because the Hunters have been getting better. Um, and the dynasty have also been getting better, but they haven't gone to the point where I, I would say that they're their championship championship level yet. So to see these kind of mid tier teams take each other on, I think would be an interesting match to watch. Anything else we want to talk about? I think we've covered pretty much it for the week. Yeah. Um, for for Overwatch wise, just don't procrastinate on the on the on the skin um i know that i i definitely need to stream a bit more so i'm probably going to try to get the crew together to go and get the ash skin maybe either tonight or tomorrow um we'll see how that goes um but other than that there's you know if you guys do play valorant as well there's been a lot of updates there um they they redid their whole economy uh aspect of that and they released a new character named ko um so there, there's a lot of that that I have to keep in mind. So um, overall, I hope that you guys enjoyed what what we could present this week. Sorry, there's not a lot of games going on, but um, there, there are a lot of other games that are going on.
All right, guys, thank you for tuning into the new section for the week. Next week, we're going to be back at you with gameplay and news, so stay tuned for that. We hope you have a great week, and we will catch you soon. Adios. Next week, we'll update you on any gaming news and kick off to the Summer Showdown. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.